Welcome to Relatable Thoughts. Have you ever had any of these thoughts? I'm not enough. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Or something's gone wrong in my life. Well, you aren't alone. In fact, it means you're alive and human. Here on the podcast, we're going to get real and talk about all kinds of thoughts we might have that affect our life. But most of all, we're going to have fun and release whatever tension these thoughts have on your life. So let's take a deep dive into relatable thoughts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of Relatable Thoughts. <laughs> that sounds so basic. <laughs> so recorded. How are you all doing? Um, I'll tell you how I'm doing, at least. That So then this is more of a conversation. Um, I finished finals a couple days ago, and now I don't really want to do anything. <laughs> but I'm super excited for the summer. Um, still super tired. Hopefully I'm going to catch up on some sleep, but I might have been as a result of going to bed super late, playing Mario Kart with good friends before they leave for their summer jobs. I'm going to miss them. But um, I'll be here on the podcast all throughout the summer. Whenever you want to talk, um, I am here. Or maybe I'm tired because I'm waking up super early for my job or a life coaching class that I have now, which I'm so happy that I'm doing. I love it. Or the fact that I'm now starting to train um, for in running. I'm trying to run a race by the end of September with a bunch of friends. I don't know really how we got into this it just <laughs> me and running don't have the best relationship and I just it's interesting to see that like a bunch of friends were like hey we should do this and so I'm just like okay okay like I'll get back maybe I'll try going out with running again so the first couple of dates we've been on with running have been pretty good like I've been enjoying it so we'll see if a long-term relationship is in the works <laughs> sorry I I love these jokes too much I I will not get rid of them um, but I've honestly got some great things lined up for the future. Today, we're going to listen to an interview with a good friend of mine, and there's another great interview coming up soon. Um, but I'm also really just interested in finding out what else people would like to hear on the podcast. If you're liking the interviews, liking hearing from other people, we can keep doing that. Um, I'm really open to keep talking more about life coaching and diving in. Um, I hope to begin um, stepping into the area of what we deal with other people, relationships with other people, our emotions and feelings and thoughts around that. But if you have something that you want to talk about, just please send me a message and I, I mean, I'll write a whole podcast about it. I love hearing from you guys and this podcast is for you because I love you guys. And of course, don't forget that I am offering free life coaching to anyone who is interested. Notice I said the word free. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that, but maybe because it's the favorite word of anyone between the ages of 18 to 30 is the word free because it's amazing. <laughs> well, free probably doesn't stop at 30, but you likely are probably just like, eh, like nothing's free by 30. <laughs> really, I've already had so many great experiences with life coaching. Thank you to all those who have reached out and wanted to do it. It really is just a blast for me. I love it. I love being able to see changing happen. Just love being able to see your like aha moments and like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking that. And really, it doesn't have, you don't have to have a problem in your life or anything bugging you. Life coaching is really just like exercise for the mind. I'll be your like personal trainer. It's how we keep your mind and brain super healthy. And I believe everyone should do it. So then you're ready for the moments when you have like sort of a little crisis or you have a difficult relationship with someone or you just 
want to love your job again or a relationship with another person or you know it can be about anything I've, I, I you know I got coached on finals I got coached on like oh like I didn't like what someone said and then we're just like well let's take a deep dive in that we can talk about literally everything but really the best argument for why you should do life coaching is that you'll be helping me out so much and serving me because I just want to get good at this in order to get good at life coaching and to help with my business I really need a lot of practice like I want the most practice I really want to practice and so go to the link in the show notes of the podcast or you can go to a link in my Instagram um, fill out a little survey it'll show available times that might be when I'm free so sign up and if none of those times work for you just message me I just chose a bunch of random times that that could work but honestly I'm flexible and I want to make things work for you guys so yeah you should do that anyway on to today's program on the show today I get to have a conversation with um, an amazing guy his name is Harrison Fuller I know him as Anciano Fuller because he served a mission with me and just so you know I'll clarify being on a mission with me is not a prerequisite for getting on this podcast it seems like everyone you know like the last interview I had the next interview I have um with former missionaries and I love that they get to reach out but um it's not a prerequisite anyone can be on this podcast if you really wanted to um so reach out maybe you have a good story to share I don't know it depends how well I know you or not or what your story is. Um, anyway, um, Harrison has an amazing story um, and a great perspective on the emotion of grief and how we um, work through this feeling, how we you know can really feel that feeling, what is the process that, um, that we typically know, um, and also how we can help other people um, who might be experiencing that grief and help ourselves if we are feeling that kind of emotion or will feel that emotion in the future. I think it's super insightful. Um, I love talking with him and I hope you really get something out of it. Even if you haven't um, necessarily experienced grief or know anyone who has, we talk just about the need to feel our feelings in general and grow an awareness of our own emotions um, that you might not quite understand yet. Cause I mean, I have that happen to all, me all the time. I'm like, ah, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And then, so we talk about that. Um, yeah, so definitely take a listen. It's going to be a really great podcast. You should all listen to it and tell your friends about it. So yeah, let's get on with the show. Okay. Well, welcome. I, it's so weird. Your name is Harrison. <laughs> I always, am like Fuller. I always call you yes. Fuller. You're still GMA price to me. So GMA. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I was like the grandma. Yeah. No, it, it, I, yeah, it's, it's weird calling you Caleb. It's a little more normal now after. Yeah. It should years. be more normal to me too, but I'm like Fuller, man. That, that's <laughs> just what you're known as. <laughs> and that's okay. It's not that bad of a thing. Well, how about you introduce yourself to the world? Who are, who is Harrison Fuller? Yeah, so I um, I was born, raised in Highland, Utah. Uh, I've never lived anywhere, well, I mean, except for the mission. And right now I live in Kentucky with my beautiful wife and dog. I didn't know you lived in Kentucky. Yeah, we moved out here. We're just here for six months. Uh, my wife has an internship. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah, so it's been fun. We moved back to Logan in a month and a half, I think. So good fun. But yeah, no, I uh, love music, anything to do with uh, 
making music or listening to music or musicals <laughs> yeah and just anything about them acting doing all that uh like just being being with people yeah that's pretty much me yeah certainly i'm at utah state Woo. yeah go aggies go aggies (laughs) (laughs) and we just had finals so hopefully that went well i'm so glad that finals are done i always always hate that week Uh, i know worst week of the year (laughs) (laughs) well um for everyone else harrison is awesome um, we served in the same mission. A lot of people, actually everyone, almost everyone that's spoken on this podcast has been a missionary, <laughs> which is awesome. We never were companions, but um, we had some pretty good experiences together. We just mm-hmm. like really bonded. And and then, yeah, we were at the same school. So that was nice. I remember that yeah. that first, that double date we went on <laughs> yeah. where I would set you up with someone. And then you set me up with someone it was fun. It was a blast, but I was just like, yeah. honestly, half the time I was just bonding with Polar. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Good times. Oh, that was a lot of fun. And now you don't have to worry about dating. So that's pretty nice. I oh, yeah, no. One of the best parts about being married, you don't have to worry about the dating scene anymore. <laughs> He's like, that's why you should do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> not why you should do it, but it's a pretty nice perk. I mean, it's. Yeah, it, we, we both agree that we are glad we don't have to play the game anymore. Yeah, no, I I am currently playing that game, getting back into the game. I don't know. It's always like up and down, but mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't mind it. I think it's a lot of fun, but it's <laughs> definitely something that I love talking about. So if anyone's curious, I, I always talk about it, but we're not talking <laughs> about dating unless you have any tips for people. But. <laughs> I have a feeling. So um, Harrison, he reached out to me and he was just like, hey, like, I don't know why I had this impression, but like, I just thought like I'd reach out and be like, should be on the podcast. And I'm at this point, I'm like, yeah, everyone should be on the podcast because it's awesome. <laughs> and I love talking to people. It gives me a great excuse to bond first off with people that I haven't seen in a while, which I love. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like you have something to share because I, I know your your personal story. And I think that I think the best kind of like, like I want this podcast to be truly relatable. And I think the Mm -hmm. best way is like, it's not just me expressing my thoughts. Like I have plenty, but like really getting into the minds of other people and hearing their perspective. Cause I don't know who knows one person out there, all of you guys, maybe someone 10 years in the future is going to listen to this and be like, Oh my gosh, needed this. Oh my gosh. I relate. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just gonna turn it over to you. Well, what's your story? And, yeah, I guess, um, and then we'll, we'll we'll bounce around. It'll be fun. Yeah, awesome. So uh, I reached out to Caleb or Price <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, um, about uh, just because grief, I guess, is the way to sum it up in a word. Um, so my senior year, which was four years ago, five years ago, long time ago. You're getting old. I know I'm, I'm an old fart, um, <laughs> um, but my senior year, uh, my dad was diagnosed with stage three invasive bladder cancer. Um, and so that was pretty big shock uh, to our whole family. And, you know, it was pretty, pretty hard for all of us. Um, but especially it kind of hit me because uh, for anybody who doesn't know, most people uh, in our church, well, most males, I guess, 
go on a two-year mission away from their family, away from everything when they graduate high school. Uh, it's once you graduate high school, so I think once you hit 25 is the range in which you can go. So when we found out that my dad had cancer, the big question was, do I serve a mission? When do I go? Because I think the doctors had given him, uh, depending on what route we went, uh, like two to three years to live. And so uh, that was a really hard thing for us to deal with. But I remember uh, just you know, turning to God and praying for him. And he told me to go. So I stayed home for a little bit and helped my family out and uh, did a lot of the summer work that needed to be done. <laughs> uh, and then I left on a mission uh, a year after I graduated. So uh, I went out and everything was looking really good with my dad. Uh, it was looking like we all thought that he was going to be, you know, that he was good for the next couple of years. Doctors keep kept telling us because I'd get updates every week about my, how my dad was doing for my mom. Um, and, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, he's doing great. He's doing good. Uh, he had a couple of scares, uh, almost died a couple of times. Just, you know, like those things. Um, but I got to the point where we really thought that he was going to uh, have at least another, you know, five to 10 years. He had a surgery. This was about at my six months out. So mm -hmm. this was around Christmas, February timeframe, somewhere in there, um, where my dad went through a very vigorous procedure where they removed half of his uh, internal organs. So his wow. bladder was gone. His intestines were gone. Um, his, there was just, they just removed a whole lot from him. So his quality life uh, of life kind of went downhill from that. Um, but he was still kicking, still doing good. And the doctors were like, yeah, like if, like if cancer doesn't come back, you're going to probably live for another five to 10 years. Like you'll have a a pee in a poo bag. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Colostomy yeah. and a, I forget the other fancy word for it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just, we, like, we always called it the pee and poo bag. And so <laughs> okay. he, he had those on, he'd like keep them on his hip and he'd walk around with them. Mm -hmm. um, but then it, uh, I was almost at my year mark. So I was about halfway through when I got the call um that my dad had less than a year to live and so at that point i was faced with the decision of whether or not to go home and spend some time with him or to stay um and i chose to stay that was um, hard but then a month later uh it was sunday morning i got a call from our mission president being like how quick can you get to the church because <laughs> that's where we had wi-fi um, and so I was like, I could be there in like 20, 30 minutes. And he's like, okay, go, your family will call you there. So I went, um, and we Skyped in. My sister was in Switzerland at the time on a scouting trip. Uh, that was my younger sister. My older sister was, uh, in Florida at a rave, I want to say, <laughs> 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 at that time uh so my brother my older brother and my mom were the only ones that were at home mm -hmm. uh, and so we just called and 
um, talked. And yeah, so then I decided to stay on a mission. But uh, grief has been something of an interest to me ever since that. So my it's that's been we're coming up on three years now that my dad's been my dad died. Mm-hmm. Uh, this July it will be three years. So uh, grief has kind of been something super interesting for me, especially when I was out on the mission because it's not like you have a lot of time to you know, just sit around and cry. It's <laughs> most of your days are spent outside walking around, talking to people about God and Christ and his mercies. Right. Um, so it was really interesting. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about my story. So I didn't know. I thought, I thought maybe you'd come home from your mission and then he passed away, but I didn't realize he died. So what was that? Yeah. Like what, I guess what was going through your mind maybe before, like kind of like that month before and then, and then afterwards, just like, I, I mean, I don't want to dive into private, no, no, of course, but no, it just I'm, like yeah. what I'm curious as to like kind of the feelings you, cause I've had a friend pass mm-hmm. away and like he was close, but I mean, it was, it's still like nothing like the connection that you have with a father mm-hmm. and it still was really a big process and it, 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 it affected a lot. And, mm-hmm. and that was like just during school when I could kind of take a break away from the world if I really wanted to and if I needed to, which, I mean, I had some friends who had to do that, mm-hmm. but um, which is totally fine and I think really valuable. But like when you're on a mission and you chose to be there, I want, I want kind of want to go yeah. dive into mm-hmm. this decision making and your feelings. Um, yeah. Uh, my first thought is that um, any death, it really doesn't matter who it is, affects us so deeply um for so many ways and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later um, about like the stages of grief and why they're so mm-hmm. potent in a human and what they really mean what that really is um but that month leading up <laughs> i kind of i definitely had a mini stages of grief moment and mm-hmm. i mean it but i was like okay god like if if my dad dies and like you got to give me at least a couple of days off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to like stay home, like no work, nothing. Like, I'm just like going to like wallow in self-pity for a couple of days and you're going to give me that. And then I'll go back to work and then I'll do it. Um, Cause I was like, my dad, uh, I had, was able to have a last conversation with him uh, a month before when they told me that he had less than a year to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my dad were able to just talk and, um, he basically said that, like, I want you to stay out there. Like, mm. I don't want you to come home. Like, that's like, I, like, I want you to finish this, but like, he's like, if you do come home, like I completely get it. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, I mean, that, that definitely affected my decision, but leading up to it, of course, I was praying being like, okay, God, like, please bless him. Please bless him. Like, please heal him. Please keep him alive. Um, and I just remember hearing a talk or two that some people had sent me that was like you know what it's god's will like if he's gonna die he's gonna die basically is what like the talks were saying and i was like oh you are such nice people thank you so much for sending me this this uplifting (laughs) message that i needed yeah like this is really what i want (laughs) oh my gosh of course which i i mean they they did help and it was i i 
God kind of did smack me over the head being like, hey, like, it is my will, though. Like, if yeah. he, like, if he dies, then, like, you have to accept that, that, like, he had a greater purpose. And I was right. like, okay, like, you're right. Um, but then, and so it was kind of just that and pretty standard. I mean, I tried to talk to my dad, but he was rapidly declining. So I didn't mm-hmm. really get to talk to him that much during that month. But um, <laughs> it was the week after he passed away i was uh i I was of course just like kind of shocked and i was kind of yeah the so the day that i found out that my dad died i had to play the piano in sacrament meeting Mm. i had to teach a lesson in sunday school and i think i had to do something for preschool as well wow so because i was uh, or maybe it was only two hour church back then. I don't remember. It, it all yeah. blurs but you're, together. But... You're in a small, I'm assuming, I don't know where you were in Italy, but somewhere small. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a relatively small ward. And so I, I had to do it. And my companion, um, we like I had prepared everything. So mm-hmm. like I was just going to be the one to do it. And so like I was kind of mad at God. I was like, really? Like I just found out that my dad died and like, you're going to make me do all of this stuff. You're going to make me work hard. Okay, great. Like, thanks. Um, but I had a companion who was really good because he was super understanding, but he also understood that I needed, like that if we just kept going, it would be good. So I didn't really take a couple of days off because I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to bury myself in my work, like do this. Um, which was good and bad. So <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah. Why was it um, good and bad? Because I can see mm-hmm. where good can come from, but I can also see where bad can come from that. Like, yeah. not, that not that anything's <laughs> wrong with that kind of choice, but I think it's interesting to see. It'll be good, mm-hmm. helpful to, well, I don't know, enlighten yeah. me because I, oh, yeah. I haven't had to go through that. So uh, yeah, it, there's no wrong choice when it comes to like how you deal with a parent, like how do you deal with a family members or like a friend's or just anybody's death. There's mm-hmm. no right or wrong answer. Like it's just like we all cope differently. We all move differently through life. Yeah. And like uh, like the only reason why I was able to stay out on a mission was because of some very um, personal and very sacred experiences that I had with God and mm. giving me very direct revelation uh, to stay out there. And so when I received that, I was basically like, okay, well, if I'm out here, I'm going to make it count. I'm not going to like basically waste it away. And like, I like, I'm choosing not to go home and be with my family and like be at my dad's funeral, which sucked because i couldn't call in for it i couldn't do anything it was just that happened and then they sent me a voice recording of everything that happened and like the whole funeral proceedings that i listened to i think two months later after my dad like had been buried so Mm -hmm. it was very interesting experience but uh it was good because i was distracted i was able to go especially being a missionary i mean you're preaching about christ and like Mm -hmm. eternal families and like that so that was good because it like kept me focusing on christ and kept me like every day really just like saying like this is god like yeah god's will like god loves you he's a plan for you like you're gonna be with your family forever and that had different meaning to for me Mm -hmm. at that point 
but it was bad because I was stifling all the emotions that I was having mm. and really just like capping them being like, no, like you can't come out. <laughs> like, yeah. I will not have you be there. <laughs> yes. Um, which is very dangerous. And uh, I had to go to, to counseling afterwards. I was still on the mission, but uh, my last three transfers, I want to say maybe four, I would go to counseling um, pretty much weekly or bi-weekly to talk about it and to process everything because it was just like, I I knew that I was going home and I knew that I was going to need some help in really getting to that point where I could like, just because I knew that I was bottling all those emotions. Right. Yeah. And so it was there that I learned not first about the grief cycle, but most about the grief process. Mm-hmm. So the grief process itself is something that lasts uh, from the death of a close family member anywhere from five to seven years. Wow. Is like the standard, like, yeah, you're going to be in the, like this cycle for five to seven years, which doesn't mean that it like after seven years of that, um, like you're like fine. You're like, oh yeah, I'm good to go. But it just means that after that, like your brain has normalized mm. and it kind of has finally accepted that a person who was so critical in your life is gone. Right. And you like rewritten, not memories, but like at that point, you kind of forget what like they sound like a little bit or like like what they look like even. And like you'll see videos and stuff that will bring that back. But like just their... They, they've kind of faded a little bit from your mind, which isn't a bad thing. It, it sounds a little weird, but like- It's just kind of natural because of our, I mean, our my memory, yeah. I know mm-hmm. I can't really remember things seven years ago that well. <laughs> like I remember critical yeah. things, but you're not like every single moment. Mm-hmm. That, that kind yeah. of, I, I, mm-hmm. that's totally understandable. Yeah, especially the details. Like it's been three years since my dad passed away and like his voice is a little like, like I'll hear it and be like, oh yeah, that's like my dad's voice. And like, it's familiar and it's soothing. Mm-hmm. But like, if you just told me like, what does your dad's voice sound like? I'd be like, like I don't know. <laughs> like I have no, like, I can't just like say like, this is what it sounds like. like this is like what it is, mm-hmm. which is natural. Um, but yeah, so that's, so grief lasts for a long time because it's such a potent thing in your brain um so the five stages of grief yes in case anybody's wondering because it's not i don't know if it's widely known or not you have denial anger uh, bargaining depression and acceptance and um it's not really a cycle it's more of a living breathing thing Hmm. where one day you will be in denial hardcore uh, which isn't like the denial is not like, Oh no, they're not dead. They're not dead. They're not dead. It's a lot more subtle than that. Maybe in the beginning, it's like, like, no, they're not dead. Like they can't be dead like that. Mm-hmm. But the five to seven year denial that really affects you is when you're at a family outing or when it's Christmas morning and you wake up and you just expect to see someone there. You just expect, like, I expected my dad to be there at my first mm-hmm. Christmas home. Like, I just like, yeah, like, of course he'd be there. And that whole day you're like, something's off, something's weird. And it's just like, you're a little edgy 
and like your brain just can't figure it out. Like, like something's not right. At least this is my personal experience. And you just don't know what it is. And it's your brain just denying that, like, like it's just that because you're so used to like your family member being there Mm -hmm, that when they're not there, it's like, whoa, that's weird. Like it's just that. And then you finally accept it and you're like, oh, like, okay, like that person's not here. And then you kind of get angry. You're like, and it doesn't have to be at the person. Like I was, uh, I was livid my, the first three or four months of my dad's death at my siblings and my mm-hmm. older brother and sister. I was like, you guys are the worst. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't, it was irrational. It was com- like, there was no validity to it. And it was for stupid reasons, but I blamed them for my dad's death. So I was pissed at them. I was mad, which it the reasons that I had in my brain weren't real. The, they weren't, I had like, not that I'd made them up, but I had taken events and skewed them in my brain. Right. And it, yeah. Well, I mean, the, I just to interject a little bit, like yeah, I no, really no. love what's happening here. Like I can just kind of see, like, just like understanding a little bit about this process is like, yeah, like denial sort of like our brain, we've always had this thought, you know, like, Christmas, this is what happens, or mm-hmm. I don't know, holiday or this life event, like this is what happens. Like, mm-hmm. and so that expectation, just because the circumstances changed, our thoughts are kind of just like, what? Like mm-hmm. it's thrown for a whole loop. I like that idea of it kind of being wrong, but you can't really put your finger on. I mean, you you probably understand it, but you're still like something's yeah. weird. And it's just because your brain's like uh like error, like something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And and then because of that, you're like, well, shoo, like now I'm going to be angry because you're kind of being, well, I don't know, potential thoughts I can think of as like you're being deprived of something mm-hmm. wrongfully yeah, and you can't go back on it. So you might like looking back on it. It's really easy probably to lash out at other people just because your thought process is like, mm-hmm. well, shoot, if this thing happened to me, then like everything else can kind of just mm-hmm. fall over like, I don't know, like dominoes basically mm-hmm. just yeah. um and and that's a, like the best way I can understand with other people is that when other people are angry with us or we're angry, it's usually just a self-reflection of what's going on mm-hmm. in our own head. Not to say that anything's wrong with anger or anything. We do, we need to get angry sometimes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, especially that irrational, just because like, I like this I'm talking about grief and we're probably going to keep going into it is that it's something, if you experience the feeling, the sooner like you can kind of pass through it. Not that we need to rush anything, but oh yeah, yeah. you talking about bottling up your feelings is that they still exist <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they and they always remain. They might be smaller, but yeah. then like they'll only just explode one day mm-hmm. and stuff. And so and sometimes we need to explode, but <laughs> yeah, I agree. preferably I'm sure there's some results in our life that we don't want. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, with your family members, was that like did that affect things too much or were they pretty much oh, understanding or? Yeah, no, it, it definitely affected things. I mean, our family almost uh, fell apart. <laughs> like it, like it was, it was um, like my older sister, like didn't talk to people for a couple of months. Like my brother was suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, my little sister and my mom had like a weird relationship, not weird, bad, but just like, it was like, like weird and like they had separation anxiety for a little bit like they one of them would leave the house and the other one would be so like anxious like oh my gosh what if something happens to them what if they die like and it's because 
I think it just goes back to your brain, like not knowing how to cope with what just happened. Because mm-hmm. it's like a, a big part of your life just leaves. And it wasn't until I think every single one of us looked at our emotions and really like accepted that that was what was happening and really was like, okay, like, let's take a look at this now. Like, let's examine this. Like, why am I feeling this? Mm-hmm. And at least that was with me for my anger. It wasn't until I like really, I thought I sat down with the therapist and I was like, I'm like livid with my siblings. Like, and I don't know why. And <laughs> yeah. I feel bad. I'm like, I'm burning bridges with them right now. Like I like would send them like passive aggressive, like voice recordings, kind of like accusing them, but like mm. not. And it was like, like my, my, yeah. And like, it was not healthy. And like, my brother was very patient with me, bless his soul. Um, and he like sent me back being like, you shouldn't say this like this is not good especially not at a point where I am right now in my life and he like humbles me but I was still angry (laughs) and so like it wasn't until I talked with the therapist and was like okay so like she's like okay why are you mad I'm like well because this and she's like okay but does that make sense like look at it again Mm -hmm. like does what you was why you're mad at them does it really make sense I'm like no it doesn't and I was kind of butthurt. <laughs> I was like, no, you're right. It, it, yes. it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't yes. make sense. And she's like, okay, so what are you going to do? I'm like, ah, oh, frick. And like all my anger just like washed away. And I was like, wow. okay, like you're right. Like I was an idiot. I accept that. Like, but then it wasn't like a, I was mad at me. I'm like, I'm an idiot. It's just like, okay, like I'm grieving. Like this is okay that I'm feeling this way. And I can accept that it's irrational and that it's, not anyone's fault and then it just you 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 just kind of move along and I mean you just morph like the anger just kind of like dissipates and it morphs into like oh but like it goes into like the next one kind of bargaining Mm -hmm. and it's like oh but like what if like oh like I would like give this and this and this like what if like and that one, it, I didn't really last in that one that long, just because I, as soon as I was kind of done being angry, I was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, my dad is gone. Uh, there's nothing I can do about that. Like, he is like, there's no reason for me to be mad. There's no reason for me to like, to, to like try to change that. It's like, it. he's gone. And right. that is hard because i mean then depression can settle in and it can be like well what's the point like Mm. why and it was harder for uh, my siblings uh, my older siblings just because they didn't have god in their life at that point Mm -hmm. and so it was really hard for them because um they didn't have any really spiritual like go-to thing um and they both have different spiritual ideas now that really help them. And they are both amazing people. Um, but at that time, especially my brother, he was um, moving from the traditional idea of God to atheism. And he's like, there is no point here. There is nothing worth it. Like uh, this all sucks. And that was when he was the most suicidal. Um but then he kind of accepted that like you know what like there has to be some like higher form of power there has to be something 
and that really helped him move from depression to acceptance and just kind of being like you know like it'll be okay like mm-hmm. uh, like our family we have a saying that like everything will be fine in the end if it's not yet fine it's not yet the end hey. like it's yeah, a I like that yeah but it it's just weird because one day you, you'll be completely fine with it you'll be great and the next day you're crying in your shower listening to I don't even remember what the song was, but like, it, uh-huh. it, like, I, and like, I, I personally have a playlist that just is sad songs that remind me of my dad. Oh, and like, if I'm feeling sad, I will purposely turn that on and I will purposely have a great cry sesh. Yeah. And it's great until your roommate walks in on you uh, and just stares at you for a couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a weird moment, but like, it's just, the only way that you can really work with grief is acknowledging that it's a part of you. Mm. Um, it, Frozen, that's a weird, Frozen 2 is a movie that I've recently cried in um, because <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, but I was so shocked at when Anna, she's like, like Elsa has just died. And like, she knows that Elsa's died. Olaf just died. She's in like this dark cavern all by herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the song she sings, Next Right Thing, that hits how you feel to a T when like someone dies because it's like, it it just talks about darkness. Like I've been here before, but like, it's never been like this. It's like enveloping me. It's like controlling me. And like, I can't think about tomorrow. I can't think about the next thing. So what do I do? I just take the next step forward. I take it day by day. I take emotion by emotion. I take sometimes even second by second to like get me through this and like it it's hard it sucks but you just have to accept that what you're feeling is natural and okay mm-hmm. and that part of you might never be okay part of you might always be broken and like scarred from what happened mm-hmm but like that's but like that you're just gonna have to move forward with that and like live with that and I mean yeah yeah no that's really beautiful thanks for summing that all up I think yeah like the one thing that just came to mind when you talked about like you know part of you is kind of like broken I always like to attach like and that's like what makes you beautiful or like and that's what makes it like like that's just part of who you are and like and you're like a hundred percent worth, like you are not less than anyone else for experiencing grief. Um, and I, I want to say you're more than anyone else because we're all equal and stuff, but I yeah. believe <laughs> that like you guys are like heroes and like, just like excel and like go through so much. And it's something that's not seen. That's just the biggest thing in my opinion is that it can be so difficult to um, probably help someone feeling grief because you don't know what they're going through. You're just kind of like grasping, like, I, I want to help. I want to fix this. I think that's usually mm. the biggest thing that I think is mm-hmm. that like you see someone with like have in pain, you see someone in pain, your immediate thought is like, I need to fix this. Like, this is a problem. It needs to be fixed. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, taking from God's example, that's like what he does with each of us is he sees us all and we're all in pain and he doesn't fix it. I mean, mm-hmm. he has a solution in the end, like you talked about. And that's for, you know, whoever believes whatever, 
really the belief to be had is that I believe there's a higher power who is over everything, allows us to have this experience, but in the end we'll mm-hmm. be able to be restored to, and it'll all be made up and whatnot. But um, I just think it's super interesting to take a lesson from that and say that like, I don't know, I was just going to ask like, what is the best way to help people that are going through grief? And then you can also speak to those that might be experiencing yeah. that still. Um, what would be like, yeah, best advice. And, and it's not even advice. It's just like, you know what, like this helped me and mm-hmm. it may help may not. But. Yeah, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked that. Cause I was going to bring that up being like, great. Cause I feel like grief is the, the hardest thing to help someone with like through. Cause you can't. And like you said, like we, especially like nowadays, it's like, we want to fix people. It's like, if someone's sad, it's like, oh, true. here's a lollipop. Like, just <laughs> like, like that's the mentality that we have. Right. No. Cause I'm thinking like, I see you come out of the shower or you're listening to sad music. I'm just like, okay, we got to get you out of this funk. <laughs> like we got to get you some ice cream. We got to do this, but now you got to feel it. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm, 100%. And I think the, hardest thing is that grief shows itself so differently in like in every person mm. so it's not like there's like a, like one like like do this but most people i would say just want you to be there for them they don't want you to fix anything they don't want you to like coddle them being like oh like it's okay like it'll be okay like everything's fine. like because they don't believe that at that point even if they have a strong sense of god in their life they're at a point where they do not believe that because their brain, and I mean, like, I'm no psychologist, so someone could prove me wrong with this, but like, <laughs> this is like what makes sense for me. It's like, is that your brain is missing that vital piece inside of itself, something that's so critical to our identity. Cause we identify like part of our identity is our pack mm-hmm. is like our families, those who we associate with. And so you're taking a part of your identity out of you. So you don't feel okay. You don't feel safe. And so when someone's just sitting there being like, oh, like, it's okay. Like, like it'll all be fine in the end. Like, don't, you, you kind of want to slap them sometimes. I'm just mm-hmm. like, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> no. But I, I feel like the best thing, and maybe this is just for me, is just to like be there with them. And like, don't push them into feeling emotion. Don't like, like ask them how they're doing and like, like sit there and be with them. But like, if they want to go do something, just be their friend like go and do stuff with them. Like they want to return to a sense of normal of like normalcy as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Cause they, they don't want to feel in a funk game or they don't want to feel unsafe. And so getting them and just like going and like getting ice cream with them, going shopping with them, like every person's different and they'll have different levels of what they're good with and what they're like, okay with, but just those simple things I think are the best way to help. Uh, someone who's grieving and it might not be in the first like three months and even sometimes just just being there for them in the first three months just being like hey I'm here for you is great but like the problem with that is that everybody's there for them in the first three months <laughs> like, yeah. Have, yeah yeah everybody's there often condolences as being like how can I help you how can I help you and you don't know how to how people can help you you're like <laughs> like you just like aren't functioning and it's not until you're about like six months and I, I like from like three to six months, you still have some people there, but it's about six months that people kind of forget about you. And people are like, oh yeah, wait, like they're like, they have someone die. And like, cause they kind of think that you should be over it by now. Like you should have like worked through it. Cause like 
most major heartbreaks, like most stuff like that. It's like you can work through like six months. It's like a long time, like all of that. But like that grief is still so there. And it, the first year sucks. The second year is harder. And the third year is meh. <laughs> like it's, it's a long process. And so it's like, it's at that like four month range that you really need people to be there for you. And sometimes it's hard to find people there and it's hard to find a support group. And so that's, I think, when's the best time to be there for people. No, that's a great point. Because, yeah, I think you just wouldn't even know, like, how someone could help you in that moment until you have, like, time. And then you're right, like, in the moments when they might even need you the most could be, like, in those six, that six months to a year and a year to three years, because that's when you're readjusting and you're, like, because... Mm-hmm everyone around you yeah like i feel like their their thoughts about the situation is like oh they should be over it or Mm -hmm. this should be fine like this should be good um which uh, the thought that came to me which is interesting is that like when people are like oh it's okay like it'll be fine yada yada like or like here this this might help i feel like that of course they have great intentions and we always have Mm. great intentions but it's kind of like people are trying to tell us that we're like lying to ourselves when we're experiencing grief. Like if like, like the feeling is not like, it doesn't exist. Like what I'm thinking right now is a lie or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean? Like, like, like what you said, you just said like, what do you mean? Like, it's okay. Like I totally feel not okay in this moment Mm -hmm. right now. So I think, yeah, like the best thing would be to do as I've experienced it and I've tried to help people is to be there just to listen. And, mm-hmm. and I, I really like what you said. It's just like, Hey, like, let's just go do something. Like mm-hmm. if you want to go, like, I mean, they're, if they want to do what they want to do then let them do it. But like, if they really particularly like in the past have enjoyed like going to play a sport or going to this movie or something like that, like, I would just be like, Hey, like, do you want to go do this? or what do you want to do like let's go do it together so then they're with people i think that's a good thing is that is being with being with people just helps Mm. in general sometimes it won't because you know people say things and then you're like oh angry like about but (laughs) but like uh for the most part i feel like um being with people naturally just helps a little bit Mm. it might make you feel alone it might make you feel like separated from the group and like I'm different than anyone, but that might be just the kind of feelings we have to go through in order to achieve that normalcy. I'm putting quotations. Yeah. I don't think you'll oh, ever, yeah. no one's ever truly normal. There is no, yeah, normal, that's true. But mm-hmm. what you consider is normal. Yeah. A normal functioning person, then yes, mm-hmm. that kind of returning to that state. Yeah. No, yeah. It's definitely, it's a true thing. It's, yeah, it's just the 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 belly of the beast. <laughs> like, yes, and uh, yeah, and I mean, it, I it depends um, on like what you lose because I know they say if you lose a spouse, to like don't make any big decisions for at least a year after they like have passed away. Like, don't move, don't change jobs, don't get remarried because it's like your brain is still like unable to handle sorry my dog's barking (laughs) oh it's fine no worries (laughs) um but yeah it's just like it's yeah it's like a real thing and it's hard but uh, and i think the best advice i can give to someone who's dealing with it is just to like 
reach out to people and to explicitly tell them what you need, which is hard because it's very vulnerable. But that's something that I wish that I would have done because there were lots of times that I would be with people and they'd be like talking to me and being like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And I talk a little bit about it. And then I like, I just sit there being like, please, 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 please. Like ask me about my dad. Like ask me, like, I want you, I want to tell you about him. Like, I want to like explain like why he was such a good person. Like why I loved him and like relive his memory. I think that's something that I really wanted to do, but I just expected the other person to like clandestinely like take that from my mind and like yeah right just read it being like oh like you want to talk about this like i'd even pray to god being like god please have someone ask me about this like i really want to do this never happened i'm sorry but but now i can see what i i'm guessing you're gonna explain why you shouldn't maybe yeah well just because like like it's you you can't expect people to know what you want especially when it's like in your thoughts like that that's just not not, yeah it's it's not valid so you have to like be okay with being vulnerable enough to like reach out to someone being like hey like do you mind if i just tell you a little bit about my dad like that was like what i and i ended up doing that being like do you mind if i like talk to you a little bit about this like i really just want to like i could do this and it was a great conversation that i had and like well more great friend she also lost her dad uh i think about the same time so three years ago Mm -hmm. it's like we had a great conversation about our dads and about who they were and about why we loved them and that really helped both of us but so if you're going through grief like just be conscious of the things that you want and know that there are people who are willing to help you with that and whether that's a professional counselor or whether that's a close friend or family member, just like, just say like, Hey, like, this is what I think would help me. Are you okay with helping me with that? And people most of the time will say yes, because people love to help and love to be there for you. So. Yeah, I would agree. And I would also even add like, just being able to talk about your feelings with another mm. human being that won't fix it basically. So like, yeah, someone like, therapist a counselor i'm gonna throw a life coach because that's life coach yeah but like (laughs) just anyone that you can be like this is what i'm feeling and then they can just be like okay like like i'm I'm, I'm like that's very valid thank you for sharing that like and then you can just let it off your chest a little bit you can be understood you can be heard and um Mm -hmm. it's not like the feeling necessarily will go away but i feel like the pressure of feeling it, the judgment of feeling it, that always, that we can always decrease that. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And if you don't have anyone in your life that you feel like you can do that to, I will give you what I did. Uh, You have an emotion journal and it is a journal that you can rip out the pages. You like, I like wrote down that I would burn it at the end. I actually don't know where it is anymore. I think I lost it. But like, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And it was a, like, I would like go ahead and I would like crumple the pages. I'd rip pages out that were super vulnerable that I like was especially like hesitant about. Mm-hmm. But I'd like write on the same page like three times. I would like do whatever I wanted to this book because no one was ever going to read that. And whether or not I find it again and give it to someone to read like in a future date, like that's not important. Mm-hmm. But like in that moment, you have to know that that book will never be seen by anyone else. And you can write and you can just like really comprehend your emotions that way. Cause you can like put it down. And even though I couldn't read what I was 
putting down on there because like my handwriting was so atrocious that I couldn't even read it. Like it was bad. But like <laughs> I like as I was going through, my mind was like, okay, like I get this. Like, I get I get why I'm feeling this way. And I was able to put together pieces and look deeper and really be like, oh, that's what that is. Like this random thing that annoys me is because of like this childhood trauma that I had. Things that weren't even related to wow. grief. And it was just very eye-opening. So that's something that I would recommend to anybody, even if you aren't going through grief. But like, yes. especially if you're going through grief and you can't talk to anybody about it, or you don't feel like you can, open up to yourself and like just write or yes. draw pictures. Oh yeah, that would, that'd be great. <laughs> <Or> anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, 10 out of 10 recommend. That's, that's what I do. I call it a thought download journal, but it's basically writing down what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Get it all out. Never going to show anyone it but it helps so much because mm -hmm. you're just able to tell, be honest with yourself with everything, literally everything you mm -hmm. think and feel. And once you get it out, you're like, Oh, okay. Like it's just helpful to recognize that like, this is all okay. And this is normal. And no one has to see this. And at the same time, I'm getting it out of my system. And you put those mm -hmm. pieces together. Awareness is so helpful mm -hmm. rather than having mm -hmm. to just joggle your brain around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Emotion is real. I mean, like, it's like it's like to the point where it's like chemicals inside of our brain like it's mm -hmm. like a very real thing yes. and sometimes we don't get that like i still to this time like to this day like i don't get my emotions sometimes and i'm like oh that's <laughs> stupid like i'm i shouldn't be feeling that way but i am so it's real <laughs> and like yeah. i have to address that and i have to like yeah it's a very real thing love it i love it well thank you so much um i hope I mean, I got something out of it and I've loved talking with you. Is there, before we wrap up, any last like thing that you just want to say advice or just like life lesson or, you know, last little tidbit you want to share? <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm taking up a lot of your time. So I don't know if I want to. Oh, no, no, no. We're, I mean, we're going to, we're going to wrap up. We I, <laughs> People are here to hear you. They, they want to listen to you. Um, uh, you know what? I'll just I'll I'll leave you with with two things. One is my life motto: uh, life sucks, then you die, so get over it. <laughs> In the sense of just the life is going to be hard, and so what are you going to do about it? Like, are you going to enjoy it? Are you just going to like have a smile on your face? Because that's all you that's all you have control over is you. Like, mm -hmm. life is going to happen to you, and it's going to suck. So just have control over you, and like choose choose consciously to enjoy everything. Be conscious about your emotions work with them and love them and like listen to them but at the end of the day you can always choose like yeah like this like even, even though i'm sad it's still a good day like i can have a sad good day yeah and then the second thing is just happy mother's day mom i love you oh yes i love it <laughs> i will do yes i need to post this so then she can hear it for mother's day this is perfect oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she can listen to it later yeah that, i mean that <laughs> might work better well we'll make it work anyway <laughs> well thank you again where can people find you if they want to find you or reach out to you i know you have I yeah on instagram i don't know well where can people find you if you want that's what normal people say <laughs> yeah. honestly probably facebook is oh, yes. the easiest for me just message me on facebook uh harrison fuller I, it, I, it's me and my wife it's yeah. like a wedding like photo shoot thing <laughs> yeah Anyways. i'll put a link um we'll also put a picture of you and, and if you want your wife to i don't know in the 
for the podcast cover thing. But um, yeah, Harrison's amazing. You are amazing. Yeah, I love you, bro. Um, you, I love you too. I, you helped me out a lot on the mission and you're helping me out now. And I just love love talking to you about these things. So uh, you're thanks. the best. Thank you so much. You oh, helped me a lot on the mission. <laughs> and your podcasts are amazing. I've, I've listened to them. They're really oh, cool. thank you. Well, yeah. I'm glad. Well, I hope everyone listens to this. And um, thank you again. Yeah, of course. Bye. Sign up for a free life coaching session with me through the link here on the podcast or on my Instagram at Caleb Crazy Dancer. We can talk about anything and work on any issue you might have in your life and tell anyone who you think might need it to sign up as well. This podcast was sponsored this week by Harrison Fuller for reaching out to me on the podcast and for being one of my favorite missionaries. And special shout out, of course, to my mom because it was Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, mom. And to everyone, keep it spicy. Spicy.